lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. Let's get to it. Greetings. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Steve Day Show here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. My name is Steve Dace, Todd Erzin, and Aaron McIntyre. They're here with me as well. 888-933-93 is the number. If you would like to join us today, you can also uh, sit back and use the stevedace.com inbox by emailing us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E, or liking us on Facebook or following us on Twitter, at Steve Dace Show, parlor at Steve Dace, and check out our new YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Lots of free clips get posted up there each and every day. Coming up here at the bottom of the hour, no weekly profit of woe and lamentation. Even Daniel Horowitz needs a Sabbath every now and then, so he is on vacation. However, we're going to get into the woke supremacy with an old friend of the program who has written a book about that. We'll get to that here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, a full hour of buy, sell, or hold, so that should always be a ton of fun to see what topics you would like us to touch upon. But before we get there, and a warning, given what we're about to cover Some of this could be a little more graphic than we would typically show you, but given the gravity of the situation, we think you'll understand why, but we wanted to warn you ahead of time nevertheless. And here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by this great city. It will endure. Well, start in Kenosha, Wisconsin, where a few days ago, police shot a black man named Jacob Blake in the back seven times after he was pulled over and began to tussle with police. Blake, who had a warrant out for his arrest, is expected to make a full recovery. In the aftermath of that shooting, the city of Kenosha, which sits equidistance between Milwaukee and Chicago, erupted into all but a war zone as riots have broken out for three straight nights. Multiple buildings and businesses have been burned and looted by Black Lives Matter and Antifa terrorists including this Universalist church whose sign reads Black Lives Matter as the building burns behind it. One car dealership was completely set ablaze by the terrorists. A 70-year-old man who owns a business that was burned had his jaw broken by the terrorists as he was trying to put out the fire they started. Last night, a group of armed citizens took to the streets of Kenosha to defend the town from further destruction. The following footage is incredibly graphic, so be warned. One man, armed with what appears to be an AR-15, spotted rioters attempting to destroy cars at a used car lot. The man shot one of the rioters in the head. Later on, the rioters attempted to rush the man with a gun. The man then blows half the upper arm off of one of the terrorists, after which the rest of the mob is scattered. Blaze TV reporter Elijah Schaefer spoke to the alleged shooter earlier in the evening. We're protecting from the citizens, and I just got pepper sprayed by a person in the crowd. So you had non-lethal, but you, you didn't respond? We don't have non-lethal. So you guys are full-on ready to defend the property? Yes, we are. It's unclear who the various armed citizens are affiliated with, if they have any affiliation at all. In all, it's reported at least two people were killed in the shootings in Kenosha last night. Elsewhere across the country, a new trend seems to be growing amongst Antifa and Black Lives Matter terrorists, accosting and intimidating patrons at restaurants by forcing them to raise their fists in solidarity with them. In this video, a woman who reportedly supports Black Lives Matter was ganged up on while she was trying to enjoy a drink on an outdoor patio because she wouldn't raise her fist. No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! 
laughing. In Washington, D.C., a similar scene unfolded at another restaurant. Put your mask on now, huh? Mother In Philadelphia, parishioners at a Catholic church celebrating Mass were shocked over the weekend when Black Lives Matter terrorists entered the cathedral and assaulted attendees. In completely unrelated news, new filings from the medical examiner in charge of the George Floyd case out of Minneapolis show Floyd had fatal levels of the deadly drug fentanyl in his system at the time of his death. Nancy Pelosi, your thoughts? We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution uh, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue with their allies in the Congress of the United States. It's really actually shameful. Enemies of the state. Those domestic enemies Pelosi talked about continued their national convention last night. Here are some of the highlights, starting with First Lady Melania Trump. Like all of you, I have reflected on the racial unrest in our country. It is a harsh reality that we are not proud of parts of our history. I encourage people to focus on our future while still learning from our past. I also ask people to stop the violence and looting being done in the name of justice. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron. I think often about my ancestors who struggled for freedom. And as I think of those giants and their broad shoulders, I also think about Joe Biden who says, if you aren't voting for me, you ain't black who argued that Republicans would put us back in chains, who says there is no diversity of thought in the black community. Mr. Vice President, look at me. I am black. We are not all the same, sir. I am not in chains. My mind is my own. And you can't tell me how to vote because of the color of my skin. Joe Biden is a backwards thinker in a world that is craving forward-looking leadership. There's no wisdom in his record or plan, just a trail of discredited ideas and offensive statements. Joe Biden would destroy jobs, raise our taxes, and throw away the lives of countless unborn children. And he is captive to the radical left, a movement committed to cancel culture and the destruction of public discourse. Coronavirus news. A new study out of Italy shows risk of death from COVID-19 is 30% lower amongst patients treated with hydroxychloroquine. Also, a new study out of New Jersey shows hydroxychloroquine treatment reduced hospitalization amongst mildly symptomatic outpatients by around 47%. And finally, yet another nominee for Video of the Year. And they haven't told us how many people were struck, but eyewitnesses say that it was definitely a scary sight. And I was just going to Taco Bell, and then I hear some gunshots, and I'm like, all right, uh, I guess Taco Bell can wait. And that's what happened while we were away. <sighs> I'm sorry, I just don't know what to take. I like, we should be weeping sack, sackcloth and ashes. Is this our new normal, though? Is, is, is that what we can, can call it? Let's discuss that here in a moment. Uh, because sadly, America's students, uh, they're caught up in a lot of the politics you're seeing today, including with the virus. Um, a lot of their educations are hanging in the balance. So to support the next generation of freedom-loving Americans, Patriot Mobile is running a school days promotion until September the 12th. You can choose either a free phone or a free month of service when you make the switch to America's only patriotic cell phone carrier 
Patriot Mobile. Plus, instead of charging hidden fees and funding left-wing causes, Patriot Mobile will donate a portion of your bill to Students for Life. So you're going to get the same reliable nationwide service and support a company that shares your values while also supporting the Constitution and putting people before profits. Switching is easy. You can keep your current phone, uh, bring your current phone number, change everything up, whichever you want to do. Just call 972-PATRIOT right now. That's 972-PATRIOT. Use the promo code Steve to get the school day's promotion at 972-PATRIOT. Or go to patriotmobile.com slash Steve. That's patriotmobile.com slash Steve. In the overtime today, our good friend Jordan Schachtel is going to join us. He has been doing some research on the effectiveness, or lack thereof, and origins of the coronavirus lockdowns. And we will be discussing that with him today. You don't want to miss that conversation. Uh, you can make sure that you don't by subscribing to Blaze TV at a discount today at blazetv.com slash dace. blazetv.com slash dace, D-E-A-C-E. And that's where you can also go later today. If you're already a Blaze TV subscriber, that's where you can also go uh, in order to watch that overtime when it gets posted later today. Now let's get to what is the dominant topic in Aaron's montage. And of course we have, I, 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 you know what? I want to go back to the hydroxychloroquine thing for a moment. Can someone tell, how many more clinical trials do we need to see? And how about actual clinical care? Actually using it. I mean, Italy doesn't care about Orange Man bad. And it found a, it, it helped reduce deaths by 30% when it was used. New Jersey now is, uh, is Trump country. New Jersey is. And it found 47% reduction in hospitalizations when used early and the mildly symptomatic. I mean, last month, Anthony Fauci was demanding, I'm sorry, asking us to donate plasma for convalescent plasma therapy. Trump does an announcement about it on Sunday night, and suddenly it doesn't work. There's no other way to take this Do I want to say this? No. No, I don't. I don't want to say it. But it's true, so I'm going to. But I, I don't want to say it. But there are people that would prefer you die of COVID-19 rather than get treatment that may help you may may is the operative word may help you so they can have political power I, I don't know what else to say about that I second that sentiment tell, can you tell me what I don't want to say that can you tell me what other conclusion could be drawn no, not not when there are so many other examples. And we talked about some yesterday about the brazenness of the lying going on on so many fronts. You can't just one-off anything because every direction we turn 
it is something that is this noxious. So it has to be purposeful. It's not accidental. There's no confusion left. And it's it's a pattern that we see with the same types of people who you just described, Steve. It's that they're not content with winning elections or winning arguments. They want to win them the way the way mm-hmm. they want to win them. Mm-hmm. It's not about the science. It's about them making the science say what they wanted to say. I hate saying that because I know what it means. I, I know what a zero-sum game means. I may have not been off to war, but I, I've fought a civil war in my own home. I, I know what a zero-sum game means. I, I know what it means when we're just not going to be able to get together with certain members of the family anymore. Because they just can't have, they can't live without bringing these things up and saying dumb shit. I, I don't know what else to say. I don't know what else to say that, that you then will have to correct because it's morally wrong. And then once you do, we're off, right? It feels like everything is becoming a war zone. And then you look at Kenosha, Wisconsin. Now, Todd, you grew up in Wisconsin. Yeah. What can you tell us about Kenosha, Wisconsin? Kenosha, Wisconsin is on Lake Michigan. It's in that corridor right between Chicago and Milwaukee, as is Racine, uh, which many people have probably heard of, the League of Their Own. Uh, that was one of the towns that yeah. they played in. It is it is kind of uh, blue-collar, middle-class. Uh, I just looked it up to, to be sure. The number was a little lower than I thought, but it's about 12% uh, African-American. So about what the national average is, the yeah. 12% of the population is black. Okay. Uh, so certainly uh, more, more, more diverse than uh, the state we live in, in Steve. But, um, you know, I had growing up there, you know, you, you heard occasional uh, Chicago problem rumblings, but you know, nothing ever like this. So you're talking about essentially Midwestern Americana. Oh, yes. Is what you're talking about. Absolutely. The kind of place where if you don't want to put up with the stuff going on in the big city, and not even crime, yeah, how about traffic? Right. In Milwaukee and Chicago, you're equidistant between the yeah. two, and you move there. So that if you want to go to Great America in Chicago and yeah. go to a Brewers game the next day, it's one drive you can make and save airline tickets, and you can have a nice summer vacation, right? And raise your kids in a it, fairly, you know, peaceable hamlet. And in Black America, you'd hear also uh, Beloit, which is near the Illinois border, uh, uh, but uh, in the central part of the state, you would. Th- this was kind of the equivalent, and I think that's what you were just trying to express of almost their version of moving to the suburbs to get out of the city, to get away. You would go to cities like this. In other words. If this can happen in Kenosha, Wisconsin, it can happen wherever you live, right? Absolutely. If it can happen in Kenosha, it can happen wherever. I think there are several things at play here. I think there's raw emotion and anger. And it's getting stoked. And there are 
there are people in our country who think that this anger is legitimate. And I think for as long as we possibly can, we should try to listen to what they have to say. Doesn't mean we have to agree. And listening is a two-way street. See, a lot of times today, listen means you let me berate you with what I think and then agree. That's not what listen means. But I, I think that we need to, you know, it, there's a biblical commandment here. When is it, whenever, or when it's at all possible, live in peace with one another. When it's possible. It's not always possible. But I, I, I think that if we can find a sliver of people who may not even agree with us on these issues, but we can dialogue with, we should do whatever we can to find that. Because I don't think um, the emotion and anger from people who believe they have a legitimate gripe is what's driving most of this. I think it's driving some of it, but I don't think it's what's driving most of it. I think what's driving most of it is the spirit of the age. I mean, did you, did you see most of the people that were surrounding that poor woman having a drink on a patio? They weren't black, guys. Did you see some of the protesters who were and rioters who were shot or assaulted from people defending their property in the video Aaron showed? Correct me if I'm wrong. They weren't black, right? Nope. They weren't black. This is an insurgency, not a riot. Not a protest. This word I'm using very specifically. This is an insurgency against the people of the United States of America. This is more than an act of domestic terrorism. It's an invasion. It's an invasion is what it is. This isn't gangs of New York. Ethnic settlers from another continent fighting over which portion of the ghetto they get to control and your business may get caught in the crosshairs. No, this isn't about taking control of the United States. This is about ending it. It's an invasion. It's an insurgency. And it's long past time it gets recognized as such. Mark Meadows, the chief of staff in the White House, personally called your governor yesterday, Governor Evers, when he issued a, a, a state of emergency and he asked for 250 National Guard. The police asked for over 700. Mark Meadows, chief of staff, called the governor of Wisconsin yesterday, offered another 500 National Guardsmen. He declined them. There ought to be impeachment charges against Governor Evers Right now, there ought to be a recall action against Governor Evers 15 minutes ago, if not eight hours ago. Yeah, if it was good enough for Scott Walker, no doubt, it's good enough for this clown. This isn't a game. It's not an election year game. It's not about partisan politics. And 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 furthermore, to illustrate that point, I don't think you're if you're President Trump, you can make the argument. That this stuff will happen if Joe Biden gets reelected when it's happening while you're elected. 
You can't make I'm the law and order guy and then not have law and order. If anybody attempted to do this to the property of the United States, an, uh, an embassy, uh, a, a, military a military base, if anybody attempted to do this to the sovereign territory and property of these United States in any other country of the world, if we saw these kinds of acts, we would treat them as acts of what? War. And we would respond accordingly. If that was an embassy somewhere, I guess, unless Barack Obama's president and the place is called Benghazi. But you understand what I'm trying to say. I do. If this was an embassy in Grenada, if it was an embassy anywhere, we would treat this as an act of war. I don't understand why we don't treat all enemies, foreign and domestic, the same. This ought to be put down in full view as the cameras roll with maximum prejudice. Maximum. If it is incentivized any further, because then you get to the third group here that I think there is a strategy with, and it's not just anarchy. It's the oldest political strategy of them all, coercive fear. You won't dare speak out against this. You won't dare stand up to this because you're not willing to face the consequences. I am afraid of what would happen if they tried doing the stuff like this to me. Because I am afraid of how I would react. Because I don't believe, unfortunately, I, I don't believe I could just sit there and be silent in the face of this like that woman does. I think I would lose my you-know-what. And you know why? Because I understand what coercive bullying is intended to do. It was in my home growing up. And when I left that home, I vowed never again, ever, no matter what size I am, how old I am, never again will I ever let someone do that to me ever again. And no one ever has. Many have tried. All have failed will never happen ever again. Because I know what that behavior is supposed to do. Control you. That's the goal. Control. If it can happen in Kenosha, it can happen anywhere. Yesterday, the medical examiner's report out of Hennepin County in Minnesota If you live in the Minneapolis area, a suburb, any surrounding area, get out right now. Get out. Something wicked this way comes. A defense attorney with half a brain is going to stop his client from getting convicted of second degree murder when the prosecution's own main witness offers up an alternative cause of death. Folks, it's not the defense attorneys who call the state medical examiner in to testify, typically. It's the prosecution. If you loved the first round of protest and what it did to your community, wait until round two. 
probably right before the election since that trial is in October. I would get out. I'd get out right now. Wouldn't be planning any fall trips to the Mall of America or anything like that. I don't think you can count on your governor to defend you. And frankly, I think the White House has been too passive. I think they're playing a political game as well. But I don't think it's that they think the cities going up in flames are good for them. I think they're more concerned that putting boots to throats is bad for them. And I think they're playing the George W. Bush Anbar Province Fallujah game in the 2004 re-election. Just let the barbarism go on until we get past the election. Then we send in the Marines and start taking names. If Trump gets re-elected, I think you are going to see the hammer fall on all of this at that point. But I think it's going to be hard to get re-elected while it's going on. It further ties into the narrative of he, he destabilizes the country. That's another part of the strategy here. Because we are... <laughs> I remember when I was on Brian Stelter's show, probably the one and only time, I would imagine... On CNN's unreliable sources on a Sunday morning. I, I didn't do church because I thought it was so important to get on this platform and say what I was about to say. And it was the Sunday after the near mass assassination of about what, like one tenth of the GOP congressional delegation at that suburban Virginia ball field. And he had me on with Sally Cohn. Can we tone down the rhetoric? That was the, that was the theme. And I said then, and that was more than three years ago now, we were this close to an Archduke Ferdinand moment. And if you know your history, you know what I'm referencing. The assassination that lit the match. That took the European tinderbox of tribalistic notions and alliances and set it on fire and gave birth to what later became World War I. And that if there was not security detail that day, because Steve Scalise decided not to come, and all we started pulling body bags out of that ball field, then I think that would have been it. Well, if we were this close to it three years ago, man, I, I, I mean, my fingers are about touching right now. Because now you're going to the places where people can defend their property with weapons. And you got a proto version of that last night in Kenosha. And there's going to be more. And I think there are elements pushing these riots that would love for that to happen. Because they hate this country. And they're totally fine with it blowing up in a nihilistic explosion. I don't see how we're going to avoid that. Unless the authorities establish law and order. I have been telling you all year long, in the history of our species, there has never been a peaceable transfer of property, position, wealth, and there never, ever will be. You're going to start firing, and I don't blame you at all. But I think we all need to understand that road may take us down a path 
where the light at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train. So we better get some law and order in here real quick because we're on that path right now. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? It seems to me the only chance of that happening here before the election is if it's in D.C., where some of the visuals that we saw there. Meaning, uh, meaning it's their suburban brownstones now? Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I think the bet has been made that it's these liberal strong, forget liberal, progressive strongholds, Minneapolis, Portland, Seattle, that... They've just decided, okay, and you talked about this earlier with the, the Julie Kelly principle, like not necessarily that they deserve it, but America needs to see the logical consequences of that level of leadership and decay and then choose accordingly during the elections. So it's going to, there's some truth to that, but then what's your argument? Well, if you could do it in January and February, then why didn't you do it in June, July, oh, August, September, October? You aren't wrong. That's the question I would ask, right? You'd be right to do so. Yeah. I think that's the question. So why is January and February okay to do it, but it's not okay to do it right now? You kind of sound like the Big Ten Conference. We can play football in January, but we can't play in October. Optics, narrative, whatever they perceive that to be. More in a moment. What does COVID-19 have to do with losing your home? Turns out it could be a lot. The FBI has reported that since the virus has struck, cybercrime has climbed 75%. And it gets even worse. The legal title to our homes are pretty much all online these days. And that crime is called home title theft. And it's everywhere because cyber thieves have discovered that they can find your title to your home online, forge your signature on a quit claim deed and refile as the new owner of your home. And then you're off your title and they can destroy you by taking out loans against your home, steal the cash, stick you with the payments. You may not even know until you get a late payment or a foreclosure notice in the mail. Home Title Lock protects your home's legal title. Your home is your most valuable asset, your safe haven. And Home Title Lock puts a a virtual barrier around it to make sure if they detect any tampering with it at all, they will mobilize to shut it down. But first things first, go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and maybe don't know it yet. And then while you're there, you can use the promo code Steve for 30 free days of protection. That's the code Steve at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. The name of the book, The Woke Supremacy, an anti-socialist manifesto from an old friend of the program, Evan Sayet, joins us here on the show. It's been a while, Evan. Good to have you back, brother. How are you? I'm, I'm, you know, other than the fact that the world's going to hell, I'm doing just fine. Thanks. Couldn't be better for the end of the world, right? Under the circumstances. (laughs) So tell us a little bit why you decided to write this book. All right. First of all, please understand, I'm not an author. I mean, you know me. Uh, I'm in the conservative thought industry, and there's virtually any other way that I prefer to put my thoughts out there. I like to speak publicly. I like to write articles. I like to write speeches for other people. I don't like to write books. They're very hard to do. But I had no choice. I was compelled to do this. I was watching the riots break out, and I'm listening to the pundits, and I'm listening to the politicians, and I'm listening to the participants. And none of them actually seem to know just who the woke are, 
where they came from, what it is they want, what it is they're willing to do to get it, and most frighteningly, Steve, what happens to humanity if they were to somehow win? And so I sat down and, and I wrote basically a primer uh, about what this movement is and uh, where they came from and what it is that makes them so utterly dangerous. So what is it? <laughs> they, they are actually the creation of, of the 60s radicals. And the 60s radicals were not the children of the 60s. They were not the, the flower people. They were actually pretty god-awful human beings. We're talking about terrorists. We're talking about murderers. We're talking about kidnappers and rapists. Uh, when, when William Ayer's terror group, the Weather Underground, had their very first meeting in Flint, Michigan in 1969, they took a moment to roundly cheer Charles Manson. This was the, the mindset of these truly vile human beings. And they sought to create a violent revolution in America. They declared it. This isn't anything that, that you had to dig deep to find. I mean, uh, William Ayer's wife, Bernadine Dorn, approached a bank of microphones and said, hi, I'm Bernadine Dorn, and I'm going to read to you a declaration of war. And first and foremost, what they hoped to do was foment a, a race war. This is why they loved Charles Manson so much. It wasn't just that he was bloody and brutal, but Helter Skelter was what he called this giant apocalyptic race war that he intended to start. And, and, and this is what they wanted to do in order to first destroy civilization as it is and then replace it and, and build upon its ashes the socialist utopia that, that, that they were proscribing. When that revolution failed, and the reason it failed was they couldn't find anybody to join them in their revolution. They, they, were, they were appealing to the last of the great generations, sometimes called the greatest generation, who had seen the real world, who had lived through the real world. Many of them had fled Stalinism and the socialism that these radicals were selling. Many of them had fled socialism in, in Nazi Germany to come here. And millions more had gone over to Europe to fight these things and returned home. And they knew that America was, in fact, great. There's a, there's a terrific story in just a slightly different context that I tell in the book uh, about Muhammad Ali, the great boxer, who went to Africa to train for a fight in Zaire. And when he returned, the, the, the reporters asked him, now remember, this, this is a black man from the still democratically controlled Old South with segregation and Jim Crow. This is a man who had already long ago converted to Islam. So this Islamic black man said to the reporters, quote, thank God my granddaddy got on that boat. Hmm. So when they couldn't find anybody to join the revolution, they sort of went underground. Uh, most people who, who know this subject know it's called the long march through the institutions. Yep, Antonio Gramsci. They, yep. Right, exactly. And 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 much of this was violent. They took over Columbia University at gunpoint. Uh, some of it was just through natural attrition as as the last of the great generations got older and retired. And a lot of it was through a Soviet style purging of those who 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 opposed the revolution. And they turned the universities and the education system into their ministry of indoctrination. They took over news and entertainment and turned it into their ministries of propaganda. Now they have social communications and they've turned it into their ministry of, of, of communications. And they produced through these through these institutions now their warriors, now their social justice warriors, fully steeped in, in, in what they couldn't sell to those who knew the real world. But since they got their hands on these children, let's say at the age of five, when they first entered the education system in kindergarten and didn't let go of them until their 20s, uh, they now have these 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 
social justice warriors who are so steeped in and surrounded by the orthodoxies and the narratives of, of the revolutionaries that they don't even question the things that they are being said. It's very much like like the book 19, 1984. So you're describing an insurgency. I use that term. Oh, uh, I've used that term repeatedly on this show. I used well, it stop, again stop, just to, the segment before you came on talking about Kenosha. But that's what you're describing then, isn't it? This is these aren't some of it is spontaneous anger from people who think they have a, a legitimate grievance of racial injustice. But what's stoking this um, and, and causing this to go national or uh, shipping in white people who I don't know what grievance they seem to have from places like Chicago, as we saw last night, um, you're talking about these are active acts of insurgency against the United States. And they're using these moments to as attempts to essentially create destabilizing um, uh, agents within the culture. That's absolutely right. This is the revolution. They are seeking. Uh, there's no compromise. There's no middle ground. This is this is a war. They've declared war. They've declared war repeatedly. And and whether it was again back when Bernadine Dorn said it. And by the way, even after he segued into being a professor, was no longer a terrorist on the lam and 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 uh, promoting racial grievances. Um, William Ayers was asked if he regretted the bombings. He said he did not. In fact, the only thing he wishes that he had done more. These are the same people with the same attitudes, only now they have an army behind them. You know, it was Mark Rudd, just another vile, violent human being who said the true flowering of the 60s will come in the 90s when we've taken over the institutions. Well, he was wrong only because he missed the obvious. Once they took over the institutions, they would need another 30 years to then use those institutions to brainwash successive generations. Mm-hmm. Well, from the 60s to the 90s is 30 years. What's 30 years from the 90s, Steve? The 2020s. Exactly, which yeah. is why suddenly this, the, all this seems to have come out of nowhere. But in reality, they were just waiting for their warriors to come of age. This is why suddenly they've taken off the mask. It's why suddenly they again call themselves socialists. It's again why why they're calling the police pigs like uh, Kaepernick did that, that made him so popular amongst uh, the woke supremacists. Um, it, it, it's why they're no longer bothering to even hide their true agenda. You know, at least four or eight years ago, Barack Obama had to hide it just a little bit. And instead of calling it the revolution, he called it the fundamental transformation. But today, Bernie Sanders doesn't even hide it. He calls it the revolution. Right? Hillary Clinton just the other day said, no matter what, do not concede. No matter what, what if you lose the election? No, no matter what. When they declared themselves the resistance to a duly and legally elected president, they declared themselves an enemy of the United States. So what is the solution then? Um, is, it, well, is it blogging? Do you think it's carefully crafted legal arguments that then courts, even no matter how many uh, uh, verses of the Constitution we quote, will then just completely disregard, make up unlaw on their own and say, and now you must follow and surrender your rights? Do you think it's just voting over and over and over again for a bunch of milquetoast Republicans who think, frankly, people like you are more of a threat uh, to their power base than some of the people that you're even describing because they tend to fight us harder in primaries than they do Democrats. Because that's kind of been our strategy throughout my career. And, right. and those are all losers. So what, do, well, tell me what, what, the, what, the, what the comeback to this is then. Okay. For, first of all, 
good is always at a disadvantage when it's up against evil because good is constrained by its goodness. And, and even Saul Alinsky, who, uh, whose Rules for Radicals is just as much written. You know, one thing that strikes me about Rules for Radicals, it's maybe the only manifesto ever written that doesn't even pretend to be moral. Right. It is it's an amoral how, exercise. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah. It's simply a how-to book for for anarchy, the, chaos. Or, yeah. For, and and it's just as much written, and by by Alinsky's own admission, just as much written for the next Hitler as it is for the Democrats who embrace it as gospel today. So he said in in Rules for Radicals, one of the rules was make the other side live up to their playbook. Because evil knows that if our playbook is the Constitution and if, and if evil knows that our playbook is the Bible, then there are things that we are not going to do and that they will do. And so we're going to have to do some things that are outside our playbook. We're going to have to do some things that, that you wouldn't normally do if, if we were up against um, a loyal opposition, if we were up against colleagues with whom we simply had disagreements. But you do certain things at war, at a time of war, and the first thing that our side has to acknowledge, we just have to get it. And I see so many people in the bubble in Washington who don't really get yet that this is war. This is not just a conversation between colleagues. When, when they are willing to, to destroy the life of, 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 of a Supreme Court nominee by lying about his sexual uh, harassment, when they are willing to, to, to ruin a child's life from Covington, Kentucky, because he's wearing a red cap, uh, we cannot continue to play as if these are our I neighbors. Completely our agree. This I completely agree. I was just, listen, I think it's a very difficult argument, Evan, to make reelect Trump for law and order when we don't have it now. It reminds me of George W. Bush making the argument, uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll make sure we stabilize Iraq while Anbar province descended into barbarism and he didn't do anything about it until after the election because he was deathly afraid that it would upset the Arab street, bad headlines, high body count, he'd lose the election. Because I'm, I'm anticipating like if he gets reelected five minutes after, the Marines are going in and squashing all of this. But the problem well, is you're not getting reelected on what you might do in January. Do it right now. If, 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 okay. if these insurgencies I, I, were doing this to our embassies anywhere in the world, he would put them down right now. Then why won't he do it domestically on our own soil? Do it right now. I, I, I think that when you have the media against you, when you when you have uh, just an absolutely corrupt propagandist media, let's just start right there. A media that makes no attempt whatsoever to tell the truth. I, I think that he's playing with the optics, the realities. If the mayor and the governor don't want him there, then I, I don't even know that he has the legal right, except to protect federal buildings, to go in. But I think it leaves a very good optic. It's sort of cynical. But to say, hey, these are your choices. If you want Seattle, if you want Portland, if you want Minneapolis, if you want Chicago, where you live, vote Democrat. I, I think it's actually a rather good campaign ad, which which I think is also one that, that makes sense policy-wise because he's letting the issue prove itself without his name being attached to it. I, I, I think totally actually, disagree, but I know a lot of people agree with you. I disagree 180 degrees. I disagree, and the and the reason why is because if you want to show people hope, show it to them. And I think the la I think he needs an inspirational issue. 
I think that's, but I'm going to run out of time. Let me give you the last word because you're the guest, but I want to give you the last word. Go ahead. Oh, the last word's got to be by my book. I mean, that's three words, but <laughs> <laughs> but please, please understand that this book was written with a purpose. It, it In my head, I conceived of it as a modern day common sense. Even, even sort of a modern day Uncle Tom's Cabin when it was serialized in that it, it was meant to make clear, give moral clarity to the issue of what this fight is about. Uncle Tom's Cabin, especially when it was serialized, did that for the Civil War and slavery. Mm-hmm. Common Sense did that for the Revolutionary War. Well, this is a war. I hope it, it's not as violent and bloody as, as, as it might be. But this is war. And I hope my book is the book that gives the moral clarity. So you should read that right away. The Woke Supremacy, an Anti-Socialist Manifesto. Good to have you back on the show, my friend. Good to see you. All right. Take care. Okay. Thank you. You bet. We got about a minute or so. You guys have any uh, quick thoughts in that conversation? Well, when he talks about that march through the institutions, it's interesting when he talked about, I had never heard before that they actually said the 1990s were going to be the time, but they miscalculate that that's fascinating and it just from it reminds me of how the the image the mirage of civilization is is such uh, uh it's so dangerous because we're talking i've t- said this before about nazi germany nazi pre-nazi germany was the height of civilization in many respects in terms of science philosophy music yet hiding under that was all of this sort of march into making decadence possible there's nothing new under the sun man yeah. and we think and uh, you know there's sometimes a conflation between the tactics or the morality that drives the tactics of of the other side uh, of the debate and and as uh, conservatives liberty lovers those who love the idea of america you know um replicating their their tactics when it comes to getting in people's face you, you can't do that we're not allowed to do that but in terms of other things the the, the grand scheme of things as well if it is all possible, if it is at all possible, you have to you have to make your own march through the institutions as well. I mean, that didn't start. They didn't start by taking over the presidencies and, and the administrative state of academia. They didn't start by doing that. They started at the local school district level. They started at the, the local city council level as well and started making their way up. But I, I, I'm saying all this realizing and maybe coming to grips with it might be it might be too late and and the battle might be close if we don't win this one when it comes to these rioters in the streets you know we're gonna have to find our own little um our our own little i don't know county or hamlet somewhere and just start building from there that's kind of the gonna have to do this sooner or later yes you can do it in july august january february next sometime next year at some point Daddy's got to take the belt off and the ass kicking has to occur. This isn't going to go away on its own. It's only going to go away when it's met by a stronger opposing force. And greetings. Welcome back to Hour 2, live and on demand here on the Steve Dace Show. 888-933-93 is the number. Steve at SteveDace.com is how you can email us. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. 
and Parlor at Steve Dace, youtube.com slash Steve Dace. Again, that is D-E-A-C-E. If you're a podcast listener, thank you very much. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review, if you've yet to do so, we would appreciate all of those that we could possibly get. Keep smashing that subscribe button for us as well. The more of those we get, the more it helps the show to grow, and the more our benevolent overlords here at The Blaze are pleased with our performance, and, and then we're pleased when they're pleased. And I think everybody wants us to be pleased. Trying to sell your home in any economic environment can be challenging. That's why you need a real estate agent who's going to come in and take charge of the situation. But how do you find that kind of an agent? Somebody that you can trust. Somebody that's reliable. Because let's face it, start searching for real estate agent websites wherever you're looking to get involved as a buyer, seller, or maybe you're doing both at the same time. They're not going to put right up on their website, I kind of suck at this. They're not going to put right up on their website, uh, really, my, my big idea is you just keep doing open houses and we hope the buyer just comes to us. <laughs> they're not going to do that. All right, they're not going to put up on their website, dude, man, if we can't sell your home in like 30 days, I got bills to pay and so I'm going to go over here where there's a live one cooking. They're not going to say that out loud. So there needs to be a vetting process. Well, how do you do that on your own? It's tough. That's why realestateagentsitrust.com has already done it for you. The name kind of says it all. Go to the website. And that's where you're going to find real estate agents that have volunteered to be vetted. Otherwise, they wouldn't get listed. And their track record of success and integrity is vetted and proven. You're going to find it only at this website anywhere in America. Realestateagentsitrust.com. Again, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. I would like to perform, before we get to buy, sell, or hold, a public service announcement, if I could. Because the audience for this show has grown dramatically in the last few months. And a lot of the discussion on this show has not been the typical political conversation that we have been fortunate to have for so many years, because our whole lives have been uprooted by coronavirus and COVID and the scamdemic and case-demic. And, and so, I mean, and we're in an environment right now where if Donald Trump decides to, to take the advice of Anthony Fauci and recommend people donate plasma for convalescent plasma therapy to fight coronavirus, he decides a month later to announce, hey, we're going to really up the ante on this and we're seeing good results with it. It's, it's, he's anti-science. But if Andrew Cuomo comes out today and says, uh, CDC's wrong, we need to keep just testing everything that moves, even the asymptomatic, nobody says a word. He gets away with it, right? That's the environment we're in. Yes. Okay? And we have had to spend a lot of time calling BS on this environment with the actual data. And so when we get around to kind of our normal political way of looking at things on this show, for a lot of you, this is going to be new. And so I, I would like to kind of do a quick reset here if I could, because after this last hour, I got several emails from people basically saying Trump can't do anything. Number one, this is the show you come to because we want the people we elect to do the thing we elected them to do. Like, for example, last week, I've been all over Greg Abbott in Texas for his mealy mouth half-assed, we're going to kind of do a, a, a slowdown, and then we're not. We're going to have a mask mandate. Then it's going to be outside. Then it's not, right? We, we clubbed him, right? Yes. Well, last week, he did something great that we should have mentioned. It just, we weren't here when it happened. Last week, he told cities in Texas that if you decide to defund the police, we're defunding you. 
or you're not getting a property tax bill from the state of Texas or check, I should say. Now, if you know anything about Texas, no state income tax, which means one of its primary sources of revenue is what? Property taxes. That's a big hit. That is a big hit when you tell a community you're not getting your property tax disbursement from the state of Texas if you vote to defund the police. That's the kind of stuff we have been electing Republicans to do for like most of my lifetime that they just rarely do. That's what we're surprised Kim Reynolds is doing now in our own home state with the teachers. Yes. Yes. This is the show. Listen, if you want a show to tell you that there's nothing Republicans can do because the media is corrupt, I got about how many, there's like 400 shows that you could go watch, listen to, subscribe, columnist you could read. If you're looking for a show on um, how can we make elections meaningful other than uh, we just own the libs that on, on election night and we enjoyed watching them cry, but then the rest of the year, they, you know, it's like they won the election based on what actually happens. So after we got our, we had our rocks off, our jollies off, hate watching Don Lemon on election night, the rest of the year, it's just a bunch of stuff Don Lemon would have gotten if the other side had won anyway, right? Mm-hmm. If you want a show that tells us how do we not have that happen year after year after year, then this would actually be the show for you. I, I happen to not think the presidency of the United States is a powerless position. Uh, the president isn't a vampire. Like some of you are emailing me, he has to be invited in. No, dude, that's Salem's lot, okay? When the United States is invaded, the president doesn't need to be invited. He should act. So we can preemptively launch war in Syria, Iraq, (laughs) all right, Afghanistan, name the place, name a country Lindsey Graham doesn't want to go to war in. We can preemptively attack these countries. We can preemptively drop a Moab in Syria. We, we, we can't defend our own sovereign territory. If those, were, if those were Islamic radicals blowing up businesses in Kenosha, Wisconsin, would you really be telling me that the president can't act unless the governor of Wisconsin invites him in? No, you would not. We need to get it through our heads. Two things. Number one. These are enemies of the United States. I don't care how white their skin is. Doesn't matter. Insurgency is as insurgency does. If you behave as an insurgent, it doesn't matter if your name is Assalamu alaikum. It doesn't matter if your name is Johnny Bravo. It doesn't matter. Insurgency is as insurgency does. If you behave as an insurgent against the United States, if you behave as a hostile combatant against the United States, then you're a hostile combatant, regardless of race, creed, color, custom, religion, period. That's it. That's all there is. There isn't any more. That's it. That's it. Number one. That's number one. Number two, it can't be the most important election of our lifetimes, but he's powerless to do anything. Pick one. Pick one. You can have one of them and make a good argument for either one. But on this show, you're not going to get both. It's not the most important election of our lifetimes if he has no power to stop an insurgent invasion of the United States. Then he has none. Then just call Wisconsin. Just just call Kenosha Benghazi then, I guess. Can't do anything, right? Can't do anything. Just call it Benghazi. We're screwed. Hands are tied. Can't have it both ways. 
If you need to be heavy petted, this is me actually being nice about this because I'm at the end of my rope. You should be too. Not to mention the constant. Let me tell you something you don't want to hear, but it's true too. The Constitution is dead. It's dead right now. It's a dead letter. You want to know how we got to forge a constitution? We fought for it. And you want to know the only way you're getting it back? Same thing. Blogging ain't going to do it. Blogging won't do it. Facebook posting won't do it. Ain't going to do it. You're going to have to fight for it. It's a dead, it's a dead letter right now. I mean, if I was president, dude, like I'd have the National Guard like in front of every abortion clinic, shutting it down day one. Day one. And anybody that didn't want to carry out my orders, I'd just fire them all. What's the point of getting elected to not do stuff? That's why I'm here. I didn't run for the most powerful office in the land and not use the power. Hell yeah, I'm going to use it. All of it, in fact. <laughs> I'm going to use it all because I'm going to get called every name in the book, even if I don't. Tell me what name Donald Trump would be called. Todd, well, you were arguing optics and Evan said that last hour. Tell me what optical, tell me what optic argument Donald Trump has not already lost. He can only win. He can only politically win by acting. He's already taken the massive, he's taken the maximum blowback from the other side. He can only win now by putting this down. Put it down. He's going to have to do it. So when he, when he does it in January, are you guys going to email me back? I wish you wouldn't have done that because the Wisconsin governor didn't invite him. Are you going to cheer him on? You're going to cheer him on! Do you think the odds of Donald Trump being president in January are lower or higher if law and order is restored in America? Todd, pop quiz. What do you think the odds are? I think they are higher. Substantially higher. Yeah. Substantially higher. Hey, you think it's a good argument to say this is what Joe Biden's America looks like? You want to, you want an even better if you think that's a good argument, you want a better one? And look what look what I just did to Joe Biden's America. Smash. Trump smash. That's what we do. Do not bring that weak crap into our lane. We will put you down as if your name was Osama bin Laden. Down like a dog in the streets. We'll put you down. Won't do that here. And looking forward to the future, if we incentivize this in any way, if you think this is bad now, set the precedent that you win an election like this. And it will only get worse. Maybe some of you haven't been around bullies. Maybe some of you don't understand. Maybe some of this is my own projection because of my own background. I'm open to that. But I'm just going to tell you, The only way they stop taking your lunch money, the only way, the only way is the only way. That's the only way. That's it. It's the only way. We can do this now or we can do it later, but we are going to have to do it. Let's get to buy, sell, or hold. 
Each week, Aaron, with some help from his friends, puts out a series of predictions, prophecies, etc., propositions. Todd, you and I will decide. can be on any topic. Are we buying it? Are we selling it? And given the uncertain times, you can use as many holds now as you possibly need to because there's so many things we could be asked to forecast that we couldn't even envision what next week will look like, let alone a year from now, right? So hopefully we have at least a good reason why we made the choices we made. Aaron, you're up. All righty. We'll start with Rants Out Loud, who says Trump is going to do the final speech as a toned-down, less polarizing version of his off-the-cuff rallies and humanize himself beyond the media branding of him for the first time since he won election. I think he's talking about um, his final convention speech. You want to take this one first? I, you kind of lost me at toned-down. I don't think so. I, I don't know exactly what the tone will be uh it even if it's great americana and it's not talking about him all the time i don't think that's going to be toned down i haven't seen anything toned down about this so far so far almost largely so good with the first two days of what i've seen with this rnc and and there's been some good in your face stuff so uh, uh that's what i'm going with so Put it back up there. Let me read his exact wording again, if you don't mind. Um, I agree that it will be toned down because it'll it'll be off a teleprompter and his speeches we've seen in Congress, for example, in those settings have been toned down. Um, I agree, therefore, when it's toned down, it will be less polarizing. I agree with that. Um, I don't think it'll be a version of his off-the-cuff rallies in any way, shape, or form. I do agree that the text, provided he stays on script, will attempt to humanize him um, as, an, as, as an inspirational figure or someone who stands for inspirational values beyond the, the pugilism of his Twitter account. So does that mean I, I, I agree with most of what he's saying then? Is that what it means? Yes. Okay, then I'll buy. Okay. All right, moving on. Up next is John Hensley, who says, The day after Trump wins re-election, we will all wonder how we thought someone with dementia could actually win the presidency. Sell. Why are you selling? Because these are crazy times. Of course, he can... Are we really... We can't possibly do anything but sell after everything you've just said within the last... Uh, 10 minutes it is it is possible chaos is reigning in many circles and unless you punch back in some way shape or form and a lot of people might just decide uh donald trump too icky of course it's possible that joe biden win yeah i'm gonna sell because i i was shocked back on super tuesday at the out and proud necromancy that was done over a 72-hour period to take him from he's dead, Jim. I mean, he had a red shirt on, yes. dude. Okay? Yes. And they beamed him back up to sick bay on the Enterprise and did a, and, and called Lazarus out, okay? Um, I was shocked then. I because was shocked then. Because all of then. us spent months to various degrees saying he's dead. Because he was. Yeah. He was He was dead. And then... And then what they what they did, he ended up winning decisively states he never even visited. So I was shocked then. I'm I'm done being shocked now. No. No. 
I'm shocked at some of the decisions he has made if he's the one making them. I, I'm shocked at how breathtakingly bad of a decision Kamala Harris is. I'm shocked that after their opening salvo as a, as a ticket, I almost said a couple, I'm sorry, as an opening salvo as a ticket, where they were hitting, and we were talking about, you and I were airing off the air, they were hitting Trump from the right on yeah. destroying the economy with the lockdowns, that he then turned around in a joint interview and said, oh yeah, if I'm president, man, we're locking it all down again. I mean, I, I think those are breathtakingly bad political choices. Um, but I, I'm not shocked that somebody with dementia got this far. I was shocked on Super Tuesday, but I'm not anymore. Yeah, so I'll sell. Moving on to something completely different. G Chum says Mount Rushmore of greatest rock guitar solos in a song. Uh, he has up there All Along the Watchtower by Hendrix, One by Kurt Hammett and Metallica, Comfortably Numb, David Gilmour, Stairway to Heaven, Jimmy Page. I think, yeah, I, I'm fine with Comfortably Numb. And I'm fine with Stairway to Heaven. I mean, this is such a random question. that there And there's so many of these that you coming up with five is just darn near impossible. Okay? My first thought is to sell because Pete Townsend is not on there. Yeah. Um, I, I also, you know, I'm not... I, I agree you got to figure if you're going to put a top five guitar solos list together, you have to have Hendrix on there somewhere. There's also an Eddie Van Halen. And I was going to bring up Eddie Van Halen as well. I, I I don't know that all along the Watchtower would be my choice. You know what, man? I, I don't I, think Comfortably I, Numb. I, there's a, that's not a, like a classic guitar solo, is Yeah, it? but it's one of my all-time favorite songs. So like, I'm fine putting it on almost any list. It does have a oh, great I'm guitar. Not, I, it does have a great guitar solo. By but not in the classic, like, just like, he's, he's not shredding. I mean, isn't that what you think of? I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, I mean... Comfortably numb. I, you know, there was a period of time with our kids where we bought every version of Rock Band and Guitar Hero and played them into the ground. I don't recall Comfortably Numb ever being one of the featured right. uh, songs to play on Rock Band or Guitar Hero when we did that when the kids were younger. Um, you know what, man? I'm going to buy because I just think it's a brave attempt at an almost impossible task. Whoa. Which is to come up with just five of these in a in a in a, in a subjective, a, 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 a exclusively subjective evaluation. You, I'm going to buy out of sympathy for your attempt, even though I don't agree with much of it. You have been so broken by Aaron's barrage of Rolling Stone lists that you just need to like, you just need to like. Take him like a baby bird and just like, you're, it's okay. It's a credible try. (laughs) Just give me a credible try, right? It's like my, it's like, you know, our 15 year old daughter Zoe is learning how to drive with Amy right now, you know, and I don't need her to be Richard Petty right now. Just give it a credible try. (laughs) Okay. And so I think it's a credible try. It's not the list that I would do, but I think it's a, it's a credible try. Up next, Weston Komathy says, top five sports-themed movies. Number five, Rudy. Four, Caddyshack. Three, Major League. Two, The Sandlot. One, Field of Dreams. Yeah, so, see, I would sell on that Hoosiers list. Hoosiers is not on Yeah, that. have Hoosiers on the list is a must-have. Agreed. Rocky. Rocky. I mean, how can yeah. you not have any Rocky movie? But you're talking about a movie that got nominated for an Academy Award. Um, uh, I mean... Miracle. That's a great movie, too. The Natural might be my all-time favorite sports movie for me. Um, that has that that would be on my list somewhere. I mean, 
Rudy's not a terrible choice, obviously. Caddyshack's not. Um, a lot of people would put Field of Dreams up there. I just watched, I went and saw the theater again about a month ago. It was okay. It wasn't the the transcendent oh, experience I remembered as oh, a child. Oh, careful now. I was a little, because I mean, I'd really built this up for Noah, you know? And then he was like, eh, and then I kind of watched it. I was kind of like, eh, you know? I don't know. Um, Sorry. In fact, what kind of stood out to me the most watching Field of Dreams again in the theater was it's the lefties in town who stand up to stop cancel culture. That's uh, how long ago that movie right. was made. Okay. Um, but see, I think this was an attempt to rank. I'm not going to give Weston the same sympathy I gave the last guy. There because he is. I, He's back. <laughs> so I was, Aaron, we should have been worried if he went yeah. two for two. I'm, it's like, okay. because I was I like, start yeah. getting our resume together. I, I yeah. don't view this as a credible attempt as much as a listing of maybe your own favorites. Okay. Does that make sense? Which I appreciate. Which I, I mean, appreciate. Then you say, hey, here, here's my five favorite sports yeah. movies. You know? Like, I understand for me to have the natural in a top five of all-time sports movies. Most people would not, which is why these would be my favorite sports movies. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Okay. I think this is more your own personal preference than a credible attempt. So I'm going to sell. Todd, Are you selling? You're, you're selling? I sold. Yeah. I sold. Okay. All righty. Up next, we have Tiny Johnny, who says... The quote-unquote new normal is being pushed as an absolute by people who never wanted an absolute definition of normal. That's brilliant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, new normal means we, we've moved the baseline of how much we can impose on you. Yes. And you've accepted it. Therefore, it's now normal. That's what that means. That, that's what it means. It doesn't mean anything other than th this is you've allowed us to move the line and encroach on you more. That's what it means. Therefore, yes. this is now normal. And in buying, I say thank you for that to the lightweight evangelical blue checks out there everywhere who have made that possible. Jonathan Campi says, with NFL doing 30% attendees, Major League Baseball will follow this lead for the playoffs. So fans in the stands for the playoffs. I'm going to sell. Um, I was thinking about this yesterday. I'm buying. Tell me why you're going to buy. Well, I think the fact that well, when, are the playoffs in the normal window? Well, yes, they are. They're gonna. They're still hoping to have this thing done by November. Yeah. Well, then after having watched enough football be played, assuming it gets played, why not? Why not cash in on that? So here's why I'm going to sell. I'm going to sell because the reason MLB did this and pushed through is at the end of the rainbow, there's a billion-dollar payday from Fox Sports if they get to the end of the postseason to the last pitch of the World Series. Okay? By the way, Zoe and I are watching Lost, and she's never seen it before, so we're going through the whole series. And we're in the episode in season three where Ben, where Ben Linus is trying to convince Jack that they really do have a connection to the outside world. Mm -hmm. So he brings in the T and, and Jack laughs and he tells him the Red Sox just won the World Series. Yeah. Okay. Because remember this, the whole time they're on the island originally is only the year 2004 because they're, they're day, it's only day 69, even though it's the third season of the show. Mm -hmm. And he brings in the TV set and shows them and they're shilling and stuff on the, on the set. Just was kind of a, a surreal moment, uh, you know, watching that last night. But the whole point for, of pushing through the tests and everything else was to get to that billion dollar payday from Fox at the end. And I, they're talking about putting the playoff teams in an NBA style bubble rather than having them go around the, the parks. I got to think, man, if you're to the end, you can see the end of that rainbow and that check for a billion dollars from Fox Sports is sitting there awaiting. 
you're not risking that on 30% attendance in the stands. I could, maybe I'm wrong, but that's, that's why I'm going to sell is because of that, particularly because there's actually still several NFL franchises that won't have fans in the stands. I think right now under the governor's orders in Michigan, the soonest, I think I saw that the lions could have looking at their schedule, um, was a Sunday night game or a Monday, maybe it was a Monday night game in middle October was the soonest they could have fans and baseball wants to be done by almost then. I, I don't think they're going to risk that man. I think, I think they are, when they get that close, they can smell the money then. That's why I'm going to sell. It's a good sell, but I'm going to buy. Okay. Next, we have Luke who says, the party convention should be a thing of the past. Sell. Yeah, I'm going to sell. And here's the thing. I don't, I've not, I've watched four minutes. No, four minutes and 36 seconds of both parties' conventions. Okay. And it's the four minutes and 36 seconds that Abby Johnson spoke last night. <laughs> That's all I've watched except for isolated clips that have shown up in my, in my, in, in my feed that I found interesting. Okay. My mean like whole cloth, fully assembled, no editing. I've watched four minutes and 36 seconds of both parties conventions and that's it. And it's very likely it will be the only four minutes and 36 seconds of block watching. I will do Um, that being said though, I I actually think it is as much as trite and cliched as they often are. If, if we're going to exist in an era now where both sides are going to be driven in the media, largely by their own narrative, then I think it's almost obligatory to let both major parties have a few days every four years where they get to both try to put their best foot forward. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, that's the crucial point. And and get beyond, um, you know, get beyond um, the opposing narrative of the other. Plus, I also think it's very revealing to us what they choose to highlight when they have the calm. Where, where they choose to steer the, the, the enterprise when they're on the comm, I think is very, very telling, right? What they choose to, and I kind of would like to know that. What, what do you, when you have a free shot to message to me, what do you choose to highlight? And I think just from what I've seen following the way that um, both sides have, you know, uh, revealed themselves in their conventions via social media. The the difference is stark, man. I mean it. It's 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 like forget other countries. It's like we're on other planets. The way that each of these parties are messaging themselves, and I think it's useful for us to be able to see that in their own words, unfettered by the dueling media narratives, whether it's us and Fox on the right and everybody else on the left. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, I said last night, just if if you could somehow just have uh, the decision of those who are just loosely tied to their political vote, they're not really involved most of the time, but if it was based only on these two conventions so far, I think Trump would win in a landslide. Um, and... and th- these these moments are really important. If you want to get rid of something, get rid of the party platforms because they are utterly uh, useless in many re- uh, respects right now. Uh, but this is how uh, basically the bullets are really flying right now. These are moments where they have to address something 
in real time. Uh, that still is really important because right now in news cycles, they count on, okay, the next issue is going to come in and bury this other issue. And so I'm not really going to worry about it. Or I'm not going to uh, give it lip service. We've talked about this on the show before. But when this is four days, you it's unavoidable. It's a spotlight that they can't simply avoid. And that is a rarity these days. Most politicians are that that's their they think that's their number one job of avoiding this kind of thing. They have to own it right now on some way, shape or form. We'll have more buy, sell or hold after the break here. Oh. By the way, I was just looking at this. Uh, Trump is tweeting out. Oh, I lost it. Dang it. Where is it? We will not stand for looting, arson, violence, and lawlessness on American streets. My team just got off the phone with Governor Evers, who has agreed to accept federal assistance. Portland should do the same. So he is sending federal law enforcement to Kenosha today, Trump says. Good. There you go. No mercy. No mercy. Make an example. Did you know the average American has 97 points they can add to their credit score and usually doesn't have any idea how to get those? Well, ScoreMaster is the new credit science that super boosts your credit scores. You can forget raising your credit score by just a few points. That's kind of weak. The average ScoreMaster user raises their credit score 61 points in 20 days or less. 61 points. Say your credit score was in the high 500s to mid 600s when you bought that new car. If you had gone to ScoreMaster first and raised your credit score just the average 61 points, you could have saved nine grand or so on that car loan. And if you'd gone to ScoreMaster before applying for that home loan and raised your score just the average 61 points, you could have saved <laughs> a lot more money than that. I don't know, 100 grand? Um, when you look at the difference in interest rate you might have acquired. If you own a business, you know how essential great credit is from getting a loan to funding projects to financing equipment. So go to ScoreMaster first and see how super boosting your business credit score can save you a fortune because ScoreMaster puts you in control of your finances and not the banks. Enroll in minutes, see how many plus points ScoreMaster can add to your credit score when you go to scoremaster.com slash Steve. That's scoremaster.com slash Steve. I use this website, man. It's it's amazing the stuff you uh, learn and how easily and accessible they make this information. Scoremaster.com slash Steve. Let's get back to buy, sell, or hold. Aaron. All right. Somebody whose Twitter handle I cannot make heads or tails of says, buy, sell, or hold. Steve's new rapper name is T-Cell Immunity, and his thing is his ventilator necklace. Love it. That's my swag. Like the Flavor Flav. I've got the ventilator necklace rolling. You know it. And I'm T-Cell Immunity. Although, I don't know. Should I be Lil T-Cell Immunity? What do you think? Lil T-Cell? Lil T-Cell. Lil T-Cell? Little T-Cell. Little T-Cell. Yes. Um, No, I I love T-Cell Immunity. I think that's pretty, I think that's pretty dope. Huh? Huh? Asked and answered, Your Honor. Bye. Okay. Uh, up next is, if this will transition a little bit quickly, uh, Stephen Touchstone says this post office thing will be over in two weeks, and in a month we won't even remember it. It's over right now. So sell. It, it's it's over no. right now. No. Bye. It's as over. a reality? Yeah. You know, yeah, I, but as a 
as a mania, as an obsession, as, oh, it'll come back. It's over right now. <laughs> yeah. Nathan Davis says it'll take ordinary citizens armed in the streets to top, stop these terrorists from burning our towns because our government is inept at every level. It will take that if we don't see law and order. It, it will take that. This is, uh, you, you didn't, that last sentence is wrong. You're, I buy based on the first sentence, and it was just proven. It's when they finally showed up, and our militia showed up in Kenosha yesterday. That's when Tony Evers, Tony Evers is a UW professor. That's when he finally realized that his bluff had been called. Mm-hmm. I don't believe we would have federal troops there had that not happened I yesterday. Then I he agree. realized, oh, at some level I can I can bend and twist and shape and pressure the feds, but I can't control if if the uh, gun-toting uh, people like we showed last week, the, the guy from Red State, California, said, we're waiting here, but we'll only wait so long. Evers can't control that. Mm-hmm. So... It, the gun toting is what pushed the feds to get in there, which means the, and the, those guys aren't inept. Now that the feds are there, it, 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 if you want to see some good old fashioned American willpower, we may get to see it live on TV tonight. Let, let me take my answer into another context to explain. Because um, I think this is going to follow up right with what you said. Every governor every state with a Republican governor but one is playing high school football. Only seven states with Democratic governors are playing high school football. New Jersey is starting a high school football season in October. It's the most densely populated state in the country. Still is number two in deaths in America for COVID-19 or with COVID-19. Yet Virginia's not playing. New York's not playing. Maryland's not playing. Why is it safe to play high school football in New Jersey and it's not in those other states? We did the count last week or two weeks ago. States that are still trying to play big time, like, you know, the power conferences in college football. Um, Those states were like 215 of Trump's electoral college votes in 2016. And the states that have given up on playing big time college football this year were like 70 of his electoral college votes. That's an awfully eerie coincidence. Don't you think? Mm -hmm. What's the difference between Oregon and Wisconsin? One is a state Donald Trump can win and the other is not. So in Oregon, your Portland mayor and governor can absolutely afford to continue to play footsie with these insurgents, because that's also part of their base, frankly. They can continue to do that. But if you want to hand-deliver Wisconsin for the second presidential election in a row to Donald Trump, you know, I used to say for years after 9-11 that if terrorists really, watching what they did to New York was enraging. But it didn't frighten America. It enraged us. You want to frighten America? You've probably heard me, used to hear me say this. Get up one morning and El Paso, Texas, Albuquerque, New Mexico, gone. 
the Ozarks, gone. Des Moines, gone. Right? The, the, the kinds of places where they're not major metropolitan thoroughfares. You go to these places to either vacation or to live, uh, you know, kind of the, a Pleasant Valley Sunday kind of American mm-hmm. existence. See, going out, attacking New York enraged us as a people. If you wanted to frighten us, go after one of our hamlets. Well, I think the opposite of that works here. I think doing this in Kenosha, Wisconsin, this is where I maybe would backtrack a little bit on what I said to Evan Say at last hour. Because when you have the police coming out saying, hey, we asked for this many National Guard and the governor didn't give it to us. And now we've got a middle class town up in flames that is and i think that's why you've you've you're you're seeing clips on social media of don lemon at cnn is panicked that these riots are going to hand trump the election um because it this is now a little when you when you come to you know i don't know what what, you know what how trump performed in kenosha wisconsin in 2016 i should probably go and look it up out of curiosity but That's where you do get a rage vote back is when it's a community like that and not Minneapolis, Portland, um, Seattle, a major city. You know what I'm trying to say? Oh, yeah. That is where you do see a major election blowback. Um, and, and I think the difference is they both have Democratic governors. One of them, though, is in a state where Trump can't win, Oregon, and the other one is in a state where Trump can. So he's going to have to go along with some form of law and order in light of that reality. And if that's where we are, and it is sadly where I believe we are, then as I get increasingly Kurt Schlichterized, okay, I think we have to consider that we're making constitutional arguments are irrelevant. Doesn't mean we're for authoritarianism because that's contrary to our own belief system. But if we're in, if we're in a lawless era, then it really comes down to who your sheriff is. Right. You know what I'm trying to say? If we're in a lawless era, then it really comes down to that. And I think we're in that era right now. I think the Constitution is irrelevant. And I think unless we accept that this is the era we're in and respond in kind, I don't believe we'll ever see it be relevant ever again. Donald Trump won Kenosha County in 2016 by 238 votes. So very, so dude, that is, (laughs) that's a swing community if there ever was one, right? And look at all it, took to change the status quo i don't know how many anti-rioters as they're being called were down there i haven't got a good look at the face of any of them except for the one that aaron showed us that's like a cherub faced kid basically he looks to be in his young 20s every antifa kid they ever arrest looks like that yeah but what fine what he did is he drew blood it's like that scene in rock he can bleed like it can you imagine if all the men just stand up and say no done now this is that's 
That's the real sadness behind all of this. The, the level of... We, we would not have taken this in other generations. This is, we simply I, I'm glad you said would not that. have taken it. I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm, I am just beyond beside myself that the men of Kenosha did not get together yesterday morning and say, this ain't happening again tonight. Period. I am beside myself whenever we show these videos of people getting assaulted and everybody else just stands there and watches. I don't even know what to say to that. Okay? But, while there are not as many people who are willing to take a stand as we would like, there's still quite a few and they all own guns. And sooner or later... You know, that, that 17-year-old kid you see saying, yeah, I, I came here to shoot back. He's a proto-version of what is coming if we don't restore law and order. That's what we're going to say. There's a lot of people across America who saw that happen, and it's like seeing uh, that quote from George Washington uh, when he was uh, still a young buck in the French and Indian War and got in his it's modern-day Pittsburgh that kind of launched that war. Yeah. And he said, well, when the bullets were flying, he didn't get shot. He said, there was something kind of charming in the sound like a lot of people saw somebody fight back against one of those punks and he would you know people were trying to tackle him take the gun away yep. he was having where's everybody else where's your fight so let's do this let's do a rapid fire section okay brought to you to close it out brought to you by rough greens vita smart which is not a new dog food it's a premium dog food supplement that you put into your dog's existing food that they already love now why would you want to go and do a thing like that well there's two reasons one this stuff actually apparently tastes great at least our dog cap destroys his dog food dish when we mix it in with his food so i'll take his endorsement i've not tried it myself the other reason why is because it's the same reason we're buying so many supplements nowadays so many of those antioxidants and prebiotics probiotics vitamins minerals are stripped out of our foods so they have longer shelf life uh, without uh, going rotten same thing happens to our pets food it's been sterilized of a lot of those good things too rough greens puts that stuff back in so if you want to see if you don't see a difference in your dog in two weeks or less you know joint mobility improved health improved skin and coat Give it a shot for $14.95. What do you got to lose for $15? Try it for two weeks. It's the Jumpstart Challenge with Rough Greens Vitasmart. See if you don't see a difference in your dog in 14 days or less. When you go to roughgreens.com slash blaze, that's R-U-F-F for roughgreens.com slash blaze. All right, let's go. Rapid fire. Aaron. Russell Luno says the XFL was a year too early. Based on what we know now, bye. Bye. Next is Sierra Hotel, who says if it isn't about football superheroes, vapid pop music, or a Mount Rushmore for anything, a buy, sell, or hold tweet has little to no chance of making the cut. Just saying. First of all, I don't select these. I don't even know what they are. So you're the one that needs to answer this question. Bye. Okay. (laughs) Okay. He's the expert. Uh, Riddle says, uh, top five Batman villains, five Scarecrow, four Catwoman, three Penguin, two Riddler, and one the Joker. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that list. It's debatable whether Catwoman is a true villain. Batman villain. If not, then I would probably put uh, Mr. Freeze in there. But, I mean, those are the five classics for sure. Rapid so fire. Rapid sorry. fire. Sorry. 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 You're right. Yeah. Okay. Bye. 
Stop. Yeah. Okay. Manbear says no matter who wins the election in November, the riots will continue in cities until military force is used. Bye. Sell. Uh, John DeRosier says if the Big Ten sits on the sideline while the other conferences play this fall, it'll swing the presidential election to Donald Trump in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Minnesota. Bye. There's something there. I think there's a. I think there's a little something there. Yeah. Whether I, it could yeah. be a factor. Bye. Yeah. Uh, this one is actually uh, the final one. Satan is a progressive. Says. Oh my. Oh my. That's, Bye. That's sorry. Bye. Lost mail-in ballots will be counted as probable Biden votes, a la probable yeah. COVID cases. Yeah. Uh, or um, provisional ballots in Florida, which you're a little young to remember. Uh, in certain states, that will be the case. Yes. Bye. Yes. Bye. Yeah. All right. That's it for buy, sell, or hold. There is some breaking news, though. Uh, they have uh, apparently, in Antioch, Illinois, arrested the suspect in last night's shootings in Kenosha, Wisconsin. He's a 17-year-old um, for possible uh, first-degree homicide. So premeditated. In other yeah. words, he purposefully got in his vehicle with the intent of engaging in uh, mayhem and murder. He premeditated it. It's this is on camera. Him being chased down, tackled. Okay. Okay. After really. Did after, he fire before they came at him? Did he fire before they came at him though? And then they came at him and tried to take the gun, and then he fired again. The, right. So the, didn't he fire on them first? This, this is going to be the equivalent of locking down the entire country, then allowing people to go out and protest and get in people's faces, increasingly so, and now in, just while they're eating a meal. And then for those same people who did all that to complain about the Hatch Act, I mean, this is getting ludicrous. What the hell did you expect was going to happen? Yeah. This is... The, the, the fog of war definitely <laughs> comes into play here. Good use of it's, that phrase. It's going to be difficult to prove first degree the, 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 yeah the feds aren't coming into kenosha just because of this kid from illinois they're trying to make an example out of him so they they don't want to see yeah. rival militias showing up to the insurgent gangs that's what they're trying to do is make an example do you think all the antifa people are from kenosha that were there no come on no that's gonna do it for today's show we're back at it again tomorrow noon to two eastern after glenn beck john 317 This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.